Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. This week, we begin a special series focusing on country music and faith as we count down to the Country Music Association's CMA Fest, held in Nashville from June 7th through 10th. Our guests today are the legendary duo The Bellamy Brothers and emerging country music artist Zach Seaboth. The Bellamy Brothers broke onto the scene with a smash hit on both the pop and country charts with the classic song, Let Your Love Flow. Since then, they have continued to perform across the globe and were recently inducted into the Florida Artists Hall of Fame. They share a little bit about their roots growing up in the church, about a new reality show that gives a glimpse into their family's life in Florida, and their new autobiography, Let Your Love Flow, Life and Times of the Bellamy Brothers. Hello, I'm David. I'm Howard with the Bellamy Brothers. We grew up in central Florida on a cattle ranch. And uh, we truly learned to sing in the church. That's where we first uh, grew up singing in the church. And of course, our mother thought we should sing in front of every visitor that ever came to our house. She would <laughs> boy, sing, you know, she would. And, uh, but our father was a, a musician, not, not professionally. He was, a, he was a rancher professionally, but uh, we always had music in our house, and it was it was wild Florida in those days. Uh, we're hopefully older than we look, or we hope we're not as we don't look as old as we are. Is what I should say. <laughs> uh, Too late for that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was quite the adventure growing up in Central Florida. Yeah, it was quite a quite a childhood. We grew up in a uh, very rural setting. We had a little uh, wooden church with a tin roof. And, uh, the Amelia, Amelia Baptist, Amelia Baptist Church. Church, yeah, little shutters on the window, and more Sundays than not, uh, a horse or a cow would come put their head in the window while the preacher was preaching. I remember standing on the on those old wooden benches at church and singing gospel songs. We grew up singing gospel songs, and our dad would play old Jimmy Rogers songs. That's what we, the first things we heard. Yeah, we had a good family, a real good family. The the um, at the time, you don't always realize it, you know. Our house was uh, looked like a pawn shop, feed store, you know, music store, you know, anything we had. If it if it was a an old instrument or if anybody was selling it cheap or giving it away, we took it, you know. And so our our house was pretty eclectic anyway, and that's what we did: is we you know, raised calves, um, played music, and that was you know that was entertainment. We wanted to try our hand at writing gospel music because we feel like we are students of sort of the old gospel music, you know, and wanted to bring that and see if we could write things. And so we came up with a few things I think were pretty interesting. And we did a few traditional things as well. We do a reggae version of I Fly Away that's really, I think, uplifting. It's real up and, and really nice. David and Howard have embarked on a new show about their lives called Honky Tonk Ranch on the Cowboy Channel. They talk about their busy lives in music, ranching, and now television, and how they work to stay grounded in their faith despite their demanding schedules. It's not certainly not a reality show in the in the in the vein of a um, one of the the ones that everybody argues and 
has a lot of drama. I mean, we have drama, but it's usually just funny stuff. Well, actually, the first episode is, uh, is part of it is spent uh, trying to decide, discussing with family, uh, should we even do this? So we live down next to, you know, we're in central Florida, and there's a lot of nature in our area. We live to the nature coast, and real close to us, we have a, the beautiful Wikiwachi Springs. And they have uh, mermaids that do shows there. And, uh, and growing up, you know, it was always a fascinating thing to go to that spring and see, you know, see the manatees swimming around and it's just full of beautiful nature. And uh, so it was always a thing in a family that uh, if you have a decision you can't make, go, go ask the mermaids because of the wisdom of the mermaids. So we go over and then one this episode and ask the mermaids, should we do this reality show? And they thought so. So there's a lot of humor in this show and some of it's very realistic, you know, we... Some of it gets a little, not so serious, but it shows, you know, the things families go through. And, but it's, it's, in general, it's pretty up. David and Howard keep their prayer life on track, even while the demands of road life take their toll. David reads a passage from Jesus' calling that is meaningful to them both. Stop trying to work things out before their times have come. Accept the limitations of living one day at a time. When something comes to your attention, Ask me whether or not it is part of today's agenda. If it isn't, release it into my care and go on about today's duty. When you follow this practice, there will be a beautiful simplicity about your life. It's more of a challenge. Uh, I, I think there's more, I don't think, I know there's more, there's always been corruption and evil, but it's, it seems to be everywhere in every aspect of life around the world, which we've toured in 72 countries. And you see good people everywhere. You know, I don't care what country you go to. There's really good people, and they're all—they all are concerned about their families. The same thing. The same things. You see people come and enjoy, big leave with a big smile and enlightened hearts. You know, that's you know you've done your job. To find out more about the Bellamy Brothers' reality show Honky Tonk Ranch and their new book Let Your Love Flow, please visit bellamybrothers.com. And if you're in Nashville for CMA Fest, be sure to stop by the Jesus Calling booth number 109 at Fanfare X and visit with the Bellamy Brothers live and in person on June 7th at 3 o'clock p.m. For more information about Jesus Calling at CMA Fest, visit JesusCalling.com. We'll be right back for the second half of our show after this message about a free offer from Jesus Calling. Want a daily reminder that we can have hope, peace, and joy each day in Jesus? Now it's as easy as opening an email. The Jesus Calling Daily Email brings you a thought from the Jesus Calling family of devotionals every day. Brighten up your inbox with this little reminder and take a minute to connect with God during your day. To sign up to get your free daily thought from Jesus Calling, please visit jesuscalling.com slash daily dash email. That's jesuscalling.com slash daily dash email. Next up on the show, we visit with emerging new country artist, Zach Seaball. Originally from Georgia, Zach appeared on season nine of the NBC show, The Voice, when he was just 16 years old, where he placed fifth in the overall competition as part of Team Blake. Zach discusses what it's like to be thrust into the spotlight at such an early age and what motivates him to share his faith journey with his fans. I'm Zach Seaball, I'm 19 years old. I'm originally from Marietta, Georgia and moved to Nashville last August and been here ever since. Um, 
I'm attending Middle Tennessee State University. I'm studying music business, uh, also uh, working as a songwriter, and uh, just continuing the development of my music career after being on The Voice, um, which was about two years ago. I grew up in the church. Uh, I went to First United Methodist Church in Marietta, and at that time, mainly for everybody there, the kids my age, we'd go to church on Sundays, we'd go to Bible study um, right before church. Uh, they had a youth group at night for the middle school through high schoolers. Um, but the big thing was the choir. Everybody, everybody sang in the choir, all my friends did. And that kept me in the church two times a week, sometimes three. Um, on Wednesday nights, we'd have Wednesday night supper. And before that, we would go to choir practice um, and that started when I was three. The biggest influence on me was my grandpa, and he lived just a couple miles down the road. And growing up, my mom would drop us off, and I'd go hang out with him. He was really smart. He was a, he was a really smart man, and, and honestly, the most that I remember about him was what my dad told me, because um, he passed away in 2009, and I was, I think I was 10 or 11 at the time. Um, and music was, that's kind of how we connected. And especially with the memories I made with him, it was really all surrounded by music. And he wasn't a musician by any means. He was a big mathematician guy. He designed airplanes and stuff and um, had a, I don't even know what his degree was. My grandpa had a Wurlitzer jukebox out on his screen porch and it's still there to this day in the same spot. Um, and before he passed away in 2009, we would go out there and he had everything from Elvis Presley to Johnny Cash, Bruce Springsteen, I mean, you name it, The Temptations. And, you know, at six, seven years old, I was dancing and singing along to those songs. That really inspired me. Um, he kind of introduced me to the guitar, especially with Johnny Cash. And when he passed away on his cell phone, his, uh, his ringtone was me singing and it was Johnny Cash. Um, so when he passed away, we picked up his phone and found that. His funeral was really the first time I ever performed in front of anybody. And before The Voice, I wasn't, like, I, I never titled myself as some kind of artist. I didn't even know really what that was. Um, but I performed Amazing Grace at his funeral, and there were probably 300 people there, and it was in a church. And so for the first place for me to stand out and sing a song, for it to be one in the church and two for it to be with my grandpa. When I started coming to Nashville two years ago after The Voice and started singing and developing and kind of honing in on my craft as a solo artist and not so much a cover artist like I was on The Voice, um, you know, I remembered that. I remembered the Johnny Cash and all that stuff and trying to incorporate that into my music while also being, you know, commercially acceptable, you know, which today is all over the place, right? And the biggest thing for me and, and the reason why I'm taking my time with my songwriting process is one, I, I want to be able to sing and record songs that I write, um, especially with all the time that I'm taking doing it. Um, I'm trying to figure out who I am and trying to figure out how to be honest with myself when thousands of people are out there watching me. Outside of singing in the church, I started to get into musical theater and theater at my school. It started in elementary school when I was in fourth grade or so. 
and all the way through up high school till I was taken out because of the voice. It wasn't a cool thing to do. You know, it was two different uh, stereotypes and cliques going on. And so I finally decided one day, because I was just battling with myself, I decided I was like, you know what, I, I want to go all in on theater, you know, maybe go to musical theater school um, and try to be on Broadway. So that, when I quit football, that was kind of my mindset there. And it was a couple months afterwards, um, it was in February, and I was in math class. And this girl that was in the theater department with me, she was talking about the voice auditions, some TV show. I really didn't, I didn't know too much about it. I knew about American Idol and stuff. Um, and we'd watched that when I was growing up and people would always, my family was like, you should go on that. You know, you play guitar and stuff. I was like, what the heck? And so this girl was talking about it and was really talking it up. She was like, I made it, you know, this far last time. I really think I can go farther. And so I was sitting behind her and I was like, well, I mean, if you can do it, then surely I can take a shot at it. And texted my mom. I was like, there's voice auditions in Atlanta tomorrow. Um, I have to get out of class. And we printed off uh, a thing for me to go audition. And the next morning I got in line and you now that's where it all started. And I auditioned six hours after standing in line. I think you have, it was like 30 seconds to sing. It's like a verse and a chorus or something. And I didn't know. I was trying to think of songs I knew on the guitar that I could sing. Um, I, I had Folsom Prison. I had Jack Johnson. I had all kinds of, of music, and it just they didn't go together whatsoever. She was like, what kind of artist are you? I was like, what does that mean? She was like, what genre do you sing? I was like, genre. And I was thinking like, okay, there's genres on iTunes, like country, there's pop. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, an, like, I do theater. And she's like, all right, well, come back to the next audition and know kind of what you want to do, if you want to do country or whatever. And so I came back and I decided I want to do country music and um, became a country artist on The Voice. And I was taking it all in, but it was going so fast through my head and just being so young at the same time, everything kind of flew by. And I developed just this gut feeling in me where all the other artists on the show, they were kind of freaking out, like, oh, am I gonna make it, am I not? Which I was too, and I had all kinds of anxiety and stress going on. But I got out there and for some reason, I was like, I, you know, I think I got this. I, I think something's gonna come out of this. I, why else would I be out here? And it was actually not till I went through the entire process of the show where I look back and I'm like, wow. Like, it wasn't just me and my, and my mindset. It's actually God and, and, and my faith and, and being able to trust myself and trust something greater than myself. Faith has been a huge, a, a huge part of this process. No matter how much success I had, I was still missing something. And what it was, was, was God. You know, I was in L.A. I was constantly doing stuff. I was so time, my time was so confused or um, consumed with interviews and radio stuff. And I was still missing something, and I didn't realize I was missing that. Jesus Calling came after The Voice. Um, it was a time where right when I had released my EP, so I was doing tons of shows, tons of interviews and press stuff, um, and it was before all the songwriting stuff. But my time was just consumed, and I was just all over the place. Um, 
and I knew that there was just an empty spot in my heart and um, somebody had recommended that to me. I was like, I need some kind of devotional book because there's some, like I can't even go to church on Sundays because people want me to sign their Bibles. Yeah. Um, and it just became a daily thing for me. I'd wake up in the morning and read it. And, you know, there are times I was feeling down and then even times where I was feeling good, you know, right before I was, I would go on stage, I'd just make a point to read it and just, you know, make sure like, okay, this is why I'm going on stage. This is why I have the ability to go on stage. It's because of this. And the way that I can connect with it um, on a daily basis, I make it a point to go to church every Sunday. And even no matter what kind of week I have, if that's the only thing that I do is go to church on Sunday, I'm gonna walk away with some kind of message um, that's gonna prepare me to just keep going forward and keep fighting through um, the struggles that I'm going through every day and just like everybody else. And I want my fans to be able to grow with me in that too. I'm writing almost every day. Um, I drive to Nashville three times a week to write with people um, and just working for the next record. I'm working for that sound that I want people to hear next. Um, and I just know that with the time I'm taking on it, that it's really going to be something special. And uh, when that time comes, you know, it's off to the races. To find out more about Zach Sebaugh, please visit his website at zachsebaugh.com or visit jesuscalling.com slash podcast for a full transcript of this show with links to information about Zach and about the Bellamy Brothers. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we visit with Chelsea Crockett, the author of Your Own Beautiful, a guide to faith and life for young women and the big issues they face from self-confidence to following your dreams. I'm really excited for the people to just get the message of so many different topics and so many different things that we're curious about and how to overcome and the fact that we can't do it ourselves. We have to let Jesus intervene in the midst to overcome those issues because he already did at the cross. Do you love hearing great stories of faith each week via the Jesus Calling podcast? We want to hear from you. If you haven't already subscribed to the Jesus Calling podcast, visit the Jesus Calling page at iTunes.com and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, we'd love for you to leave us a review and tell us how you feel about the show and what future guests you'd love to see. Your reviews and subscription help us share these stories of faith to more people who need the hope and encouragement of Jesus Calling. If you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.